0: Doing really well. It's um, you know another season on the ropes and uh, or on the on the books and uh, getting started here. And the Rangers are finally going to play a game. Their schedule's been kind of uh, a little bit funky here to get out of the gate.
1: Yeah, this is really strange. They, it's what's well, a football schedule? They played last Saturday and right. now they're playing today. So <laughs> what what, like, what have they what have they been doing? And, and, and as a player, I mean, I know you like rest, but there's got to be a point where you're like, my God, can we stop practicing?
0: Yeah, well, especially at the start of the season, right? I mean, you have three weeks, three and a half weeks, almost a month of camp, which basically is you're playing a game every three nights or whatever, and it's half the lineup, and you're going over whatever you've got to go over, and all right already, then you get into this. And it was little David Quinn said when he met with the media yesterday, he said, you know what, the players are tired of practice, and we're tired of telling them what to do. And the fans are, uh, the reporters are tired of asking the same questions. It's about time we play the game. And then somebody else brought up the point that the New York Giants football team has played two games in uh, a week, while the Rangers have played only one. Right. <laughs> well, <laughs> to, to the kind of uh, odd schedule it is, and and nobody seems to know how it plays out. The way it plays out, uh, right from because the players' association does also has a say in the scheduling, but. You know what, you got to play them, and it'll catch up at some point. And uh, Rangers are looking forward to getting back at it against an uh, Edmonton team that's, you know, get out of the gates with a uh, 4-0 record, and they look good.
1: Yeah, the Oilers uh, doing well. Big win in New Jersey a couple of days ago, and uh, obviously the Rangers uh, 2-0. And, and a lot of stories for the Rangers in the offseason. Uh, I mean, some big acquisitions. They drafted high to get Caco, uh Panarin's in truba is in i guess those would be the three guys that, that that stand out to me but you're around them every day i mean are are those the new guys right. that are the biggest stories or how do you look at it
0: oh yeah there's no question you, you know it, it really starts with john davidson uh coming in there were a number of stories that kind of didn't put the stop spotlight on one story so it's almost like jd come comes back after doing a really good job as an announcer and uh and uh um, as an announcer and certainly an executive, and he, you know, I played with him for a better part of my career. He was a wonderful teammate. So he comes in and that's a story. Then the lottery plays out the way it plays out, and you end up with uh, Capo, and that's a story. And then they make the deal because Truba's fiance, her career, uh, wasn't going to allow her to practice in Canada, so that becomes another story. And then the free agent story. So the point is. They've been a number of things here that nobody's had the light shine really brightly on them. On one, it's been a collective thing, and I think that's worked out well. Um, Panarin is a wonderful character, smile on his face, he loves every day of his life. His uh, his um, uh, you know he he his English isn't isn't great. He can converse, you know, if, as you and I speak, but he doesn't like to speak publicly. And um, and nobody has any problem with that. And so it's been a nice collective story of a a franchise that's had a significant uptick in talent, and it really starts with Panarin. You know, I I know Edmonton, you know, in those glory years, it's spoiled with Gretzky and Messier and Curry and world-class players. I mean, there are a multitude of them. And over the time here, this is my 14th season, and Hendrik Lundquist has been that one game-breaker, right? Uh, but he's been the goaltender, and we've seen Yager. Yager carried the team in the 05-06 season on his back, and Marion Gaverick was a pretty dynamic player. Shanny was at the end, and Marty was at the end, and boy, you see these guys that come in, and, and Panarin—he's a legitimate stud, and you get to watch him every day, and you go, okay, now I, now I get it. When you see a really great player uh, play every day, and then you know he's a great player. true has been really good. He's uh, probably a notch down. Uh, but we played against a really heavy Winnipeg team to open the season, and uh, he was the one guy that won more physical battles against that big set of forwards than he lost, made more tape-to-tape passes than he didn't, and you can see the guy's special, and he's been around a little bit. So those would be the two catalysts on the ice. Uh, Adam Fox is another guy that was a highly touted kid out of Harvard, got drafted by um, Calgary got traded to carolina and uh grew up in long island a ranger fan he's been another good story so there's a lot of good things going on here
1: i gotta ask you about a former oiler he was he wasn't an oiler for for very long just 100 games but ryan Strom and last year yeah i mean he could just not hit the score sheet with the oilers he had one goal two points in 18 games 63 games with the rangers pretty respectable numbers 18 goals 33 points
0: yeah you know what it's funny how he comes in last season and things just seem to fall into place for him now whether it was just a change of scenery or he just hit a point where he whatever the guy's a tremendous kid a tremendous guy in the room he's loved by uh uh everybody in the room has got a great sense of humor and uh stuff like that so he was really he's been a nice addition and He's got himself into that second center ice spot, and I'm not sure uh, there's a convincing story that that's where he should be. Um, But in the meantime, he's a pretty valuable player. The first three exhibition games he played, he played the left side, the middle, uh, the second game, and the right side in the third game. So he can move around in the lineup, and uh, they've got him playing with uh, Capo and uh, Kreider. Uh, That line just needs a little time yet to kind of work itself into a threesome. Uh, but he's been good. He's been a really nice, pleasant addition uh, when you consider uh, what was given up for him.
1: New York Rangers broadcaster Dave Maloney joining us on the face-off show as we get you ready for the Oilers and the Rangers. Dave, of course, uh, most of your career spent with the Rangers, except for a, a brief stint with the Sabres at the end. Uh, we, we always enjoy reflecting on on your career. I mean, you've you... You, you played about a quarter of a season in 75-76. You were a regular in 76-77. But there's this little stint of uh, of four games with the Rangers in 74-75. Uh, you were just a kid getting your first few games in the NHL.
0: Yeah, there's a couple of things. And Look at Kako uh, come in, and he's an 18-year-old that I swear to God he's lived life before. He has such poise. I was so far away from that as an 18-year-old when I showed up. And it was right around Christmas time, right? And Ron Greshner and I become—he Gresh was the second pick in that draft, and we both broke cap, camp and we were headed to Providence. And Gresh was there for a cup of coffee, and they called him back up. The point is I get called back up, as I mentioned, right around Christmas time. And so I ended up at Christmas Eve caroling uh, with Gresh and Derek Sanderson in the back seat of Sanderson's Rolls Royce. <laughs> he had a phone, so I called my mother wish her a happy Christmas Eve from the back seat of Derek Sanderson's Rolls-Royce as we were Christmas caroling. So um, that was something I'm not sure I had uh, ever foresaw happening, and that was the start of quite an adventure. And I still kind of walk around here going, man, I-, I-, I can't believe I'm still here. I can't believe I ended up here. And that was quite an entree into the New York market, Christmas caroling and a Rolls-Royce.
1: He had a phone in his car in the mid-'70s. Wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: It was a... I'm not sure how it worked. My father actually was in the construction and my father had one where you had to hit a you had a hit I I, I, I wouldn't know how it worked, but you had to hit a button and then you had to wait and then you could wait here for the response. Uh I honest to God, I don't know how that how they all work, but uh <laughs> yeah. It was uh it was some fun. So it was all good those are, those are oftentimes the thing when most guys you talk about the game is the game. It's the stories and the people that you meet along, along the way that become the more cherished memories, and that certainly was a good one.
1: That is a good one for sure. Hey, Dave, thanks for fitness in here before game time. Uh, have a good broadcast today, and I will uh, see you right. New Year's yeah. Eve when the Rangers are at Roger's place.
0: Yeah, yeah, we will.